surprise! We're back. Yeah. It's been and just like that, and just like that, <laughs> I got COVID. <laughs> just like that, it's been a month. <laughs> Ironically, that is how one of the new episodes of "And Just Like That" ends is with her saying, "And just like that, I got COVID." <laughs> And you fell to your knees. And I said, Lord, help me. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, for our 20th episode. Our long-awaited 20th episode. I know everyone was refreshing their podcast apps. They're just like, where is it? It's Thursday again. (laughs) Where is it? (laughs) Um, You know, the good thing about running your own business is you can work whenever (laughs) you feel like it. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome back, everyone, uh, to Watching Up. I'm Rachel, and this is what I sound like in case you forgot. And I'm Michelle. And that's what she sounds like. (laughs) And Nothing to write home about. (laughs) We are so happy to be back, if you can't tell. Um, Yes. It's been an interesting few weeks, to say the least. (laughs) Um, Things have happened. Lives were lived. Lives have been changed forever. But we're back. We have so much to talk about as far as what we've been watching. Um, I had a bit of a mentee B a few weeks ago <laughs> and was struggling mentally. Um, and then about a week later, I got COVID. She finally came for me. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> It was my so far after the fact. It was so like it's so out of fashion. I know. Um, you got like the Shein version of COVID. yeah, literally <laughs> the the one that takes a month to ship. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I got COVID for the first time, kind of like officially, <laughs> and let's just say. Everyone get your vaccines. (laughs) It wasn't great. (laughs) It wasn't great, but I'm on the other side of it now, so that feels good. Yes. I can feel the antibodies running through my veins. Were you, like, in quarantine during the 4th of July? Was that, like, when it was happening? It was, like, the tail end, but I was still, like... I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, I'm not going to. I would not be seeing presently. <sighs> yeah, and it just, it gives me an excuse to not do anything on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite holiday. <laughs> Everyone's fave. Um, but yeah, we just needed a few weeks to regroup. And that's okay. And that's okay. We're back now. Back better than ever and ready to talk about Everything, literally everything you ever imagined. (laughs) Yes, we're about to drop a bomb of knowledge on (laughs) y'all. Yes, us and Christopher Nolan. Literally about to drop bombs. (laughs) Yes, we're so close to Barbenheimer at this point. um, In the summer, Barbenheimer countdown is. Oh, oh, uh oh, uh oh! What the fuck is that? It's a bug. What was it? Ew. Uh, it was a spider, but it was like clear. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It was a, a brand new board spider. I think it came from the Mariana Trench. <laughs> <laughs> it came up with the submersible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Should we jump in? Um. Yeah. Okay. There's been like so many things that have happened. Like I just mentioned the submersible. We didn't ever talk about that. Colleen Ballinger. <laughs> Yeah, that is going on. I still don't really know. I didn't know that this person was famous. Uh, I love, like, uh, I live for a YouTube apology. Like, some one thing y'all might not know about me is I am a YouTube girly. Like, I watch YouTube all the time. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> it's like one random thing where I literally spend. Like, if it's a daylight hour, I'm, like, usually watching YouTube. I used to watch, like, a lot of the makeup people, but I, like, it was, like, truly a moment in time where I was obsessed for, like, two years, and then I never watched another makeup video again. Well, now I guess they're more on TikTok, so I do see that. Yeah. I used to be super um, into the makeup. There's still a few, like, makeup kind of like quote-unquote beauty creators that I follow but they do more like lifestyle stuff now in addition to like the makeup stuff so I don't know I'm I like a long form video <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah I did I like a short form <laughs> I was not a fan of Colleen Ballinger but I just think it's watching it unfold is just like very entertaining But, like, when I see the clips of, like, things that are going around from, like, the past, I'm like, wait, who liked this? Like, who thought this was good or funny? Like, it's really not. It's not. Like, not even because it's, like, inappropriate or, like, offensive. It's just not funny at all. I think it's, like, literally (laughs) kids. Like, Uh, that's what I figured. Like, little children? Yeah, because only they would find that funny. (laughs) It's very strange. Um, But anyways, we're not here to talk about Miranda Sings. (laughs) We're here to talk about... Never thought I would even... We're here to talk about content. And so um, we're gonna... So since we last recorded, a whole new season of The Bachelorette has started. um, And we're gonna get into that. But much like the programmers at ABC, we're gonna put claim to fame first. (laughs) There's a more important ABC reality <laughs> show on our radars these days. Yeah. It has the coveted 7 o'clock central time slot now, which is crazy. I'm so proud of the Jonas Brothers. I'm so proud of The lesser known Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we're fans of Claim to Fame, and we have been pretty much since the beginning, I feel like. It's so good. It's really good. If y'all don't watch it, you should check it out. Uh, it's a reality show that the premise is basically um, there are all these contestants that live in a house together, and everyone is basically the relative of somebody who's famous. Um, but the the identity of their celebrity relative is like a secret to everyone else, and so they have to like figure out each other's celebrity relatives and. Yeah. They get eliminated in that way. So it's such a good premise. I feel like there's so many people they can like cast. Yeah. Like they could go on forever. They could go on forever. And, and it's if I had to like compare it to something, I feel like it's very similar to like the traders. 
mm-hmm. in tone. Yeah. Well, it's not like as like, I guess, tongue in cheek, but yeah. it, it but like the gameplay is very similar. Yeah, they do like challenges, like one or two challenges per episode. And I think one of the reasons it really works and like why it's caught on so much is because like the viewer can kind of play along. Um, and this season specifically, they they haven't told us outright anybody's uh, celebrity relatives. Mm-hmm. So it's truly like we're all like trying to figure it out together. And it's yeah, really that fun. wasn't one of my only criticisms from the first season was on the first season. They like told you like f- maybe like three or five people's like relative yeah. like outright they just like this is Whoopi Goldberg's daughter yeah. or whatever and we were like well why why would you tell me that like why yeah. <laughs> like why give What's that away point? I guess they were trying to hook people in and say like oh this person is this person and, like, like these like, are real famous it. people like they're not right like let's see if these people can actually figure it out yeah. like follow along but I think it's much better if they don't reveal anybody's I agree Yeah. So, and I also really have been appreciating the structure because I love that we get a payoff at the end of every single episode and they don't like Mm -hmm. leave it on a cliffhanger because it's not cliffhanger. I just can't be bothered with that. (laughs) Um, So I also like by the end of the episode, I'm so hyped to like see what happens that I think I would be livid if they left it on a cliffhanger. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not waiting a week. to figure this out or to know the answer um so yeah it's been really good um so I guess spoiler alert for this season so far but yeah there's been three episodes so far yes they've there's been three episodes and three eliminations um it went Mm -hmm. it went viral on the first episode because of the exit of Tom Hanks's niece (laughs) who like had a (laughs) mental breakdown as she was leaving the house (laughs) she's an icon um (laughs) she like is reality tv gold I wouldn't be surprised if they cast her on other stuff because of that yeah because of that outburst but it was just so funny she honestly (laughs) wasn't wrong though like their clues were so obvious for um she wasn't wrong but like it's just so embarrassing (laughs) to like I'm sure like watch yourself back saying I deserve more screen time (laughs) it's like do you (laughs) did you do anything to deserve any of this Wasn't her talent at the talent show, like, didn't she do a dance or a rap or something like that? She did something kind remember, of, like, wild. but it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of the. I don't think any of them really were that great at the talent show. I thought I um, thought Jane's song was, like, okay. Like, her okay, little ukulele song. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was very funny. Um, just a good way to start the season, I feel like. And it definitely and just the fact that everybody else could hear. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, she's screaming!" <laughs> <laughs> they were like sitting there, like, what the-? "I was like, yes, this is great." And I'm sure, I'm sure, when it was happening, the producers were like crying tears of joy. Yes. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and for anyone who doesn't know, there's like there are different ways that they can like get clues um, as to who everyone is. Um, So like in the first episode in the house, there's like clues hidden throughout. And then there's a whole wall where they can find clues. Um, And 
when they enter the house, they have to do uh, two truths and a lie where they state like three facts about their celebrity relative and one of them is a lie and the other two are true. So they have to say like how they're related, what their job is, and like what's the highest award they've received. Mm -hmm. And then they also do the talent show, which is, you know, not necessarily um, like a place to find clues, but sometimes they do like talents that are related to like what their relatives do as well yeah and usually the clues are very like subtle like so and I consider myself to be very like in tune in tune with like pop culture and like celebrities and like what like their their histories and their lives and stuff and some of the clues I'm like I literally don't know what that's talking about yeah and like it'll be somebody like I know but it's like not something that I would know yeah you know yeah especially with the clues like the clues on the scrolls in the bottles are Mm -hmm. always very kind of like cryptic I feel like like it's it's hard to even put it together like you think you're getting a dead ringer clue but it's like you still have to figure out what they mean right um, and m- most of the time when they open them like when they first read them I'm like I, I don't no know what that I literally have to pause on it and, and be like uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so in the second episode um they got out Neil deGrasse Tyson's son um mm-hmm. and he was a cutie. He was a, a adorable little. <laughs> he seemed little really baby. young. He was like twenty one, yeah. or he, he was like twenty one, probably. Yeah, super young. Um, but yeah, everyone almost knew him. It was kind of like the Simone Biles on the first season. Like everyone kind of knew him just from his face. He looks like him, and yeah. like the way he talked. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he could have. They could have used him as like they did with Simone Biles' sister. Like, they could have used him as, like, a, what's the word, uh, like, a sure thing for further down mm-hmm. the line. But I think they... They have another one. Yeah, they have another one. Okay, and then, so, this last episode that was last night, um, Lil Miss Jane, who thought she was so smart, ate shit. It's so funny, because <laughs> it's always the people that come in and they're like, I have a degree in psychology. psychology. I can read Literally, every time somebody says that they like get their cards read first because it's like (laughs) you're lying everyone knows you're lying like and like sometimes people I think just are too loud about like not talking about their strategy but just like forecasting it like the way she came into a room and like blatantly lied to everybody Mm -hmm. like loudly I was like just don't say anything why would you she needed to fly under the radar more yeah, I, she, like, would walk into her and be like, I just talked to him and then tell them, like, exactly the opposite of what they talked about. Yeah. And I'm like, no one would have even asked if you didn't say anything. Right. <laughs> like, and it's also, like, you it can't. It doesn't make any sense. You can't. She was kind of, like, recklessly, like, saying one thing to one group of people and another thing to the other group. And it's, like, these mm-hmm. all these people are talking. Like, they're going to figure out that you're lying. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, if somebody has like formed a relationship with you that doesn't mean they're not going to turn on you if it's in their best interest obviously so (laughs) you can't really fully trust anybody 100 percent, right yeah so she got out because she was chosen as the guesser and she rushed to a 
guess about she fools her. Rushed she in. fools rushed in <laughs> to her demise <laughs> because she made a dumb guess. Yeah. Yeah. So she guess. So just to take a moment to brag, I figured out Chris's person pretty early, <laughs> and it's not Elvis as Jane thought it was. Um, it's Donnie Osmond. <laughs> Which hasn't been revealed yet, but Rachel's pretty sure. Um, and he looks like him. He like he's the type of person where you look at him and you're like, he looks like somebody famous. It's just like you have to figure out who. Um, mm-hmm. But so, who do you think is the dead giveaway person? Um, Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah. Shane is related to Eddie Murphy because the clue was like coming to America and. Buckwheat yeah. on SNL. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but it's like she doesn't um, like look like him. Like unless if they don't, if um, who pulled her clue? I can't remember. But if like a cert, if anybody like didn't see that clue, like I don't think they would know. It was Monet. Was it Monet? Might have been Monet. But I think it's circulated enough around the house that people, most of the people, know. That yeah, that that's hers by this point. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's another uh, person who yeah. I don't remember his name. He's the one who like hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. He looks just like Dwayne Wade, mm. so I think that could be. And his like talent show. Oh, that's how he hurt himself was like shooting hoops. Um, so he could be trying to throw people off, but he looks like him, so I don't know. <laughs> but he was also really bad at shooting. Hoops. I know, but you doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to run in the family. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to him, really. Um, Who else? I don't know who Monet is. I don't know. I'm really bad at guessing. I, like, can't really, like... I I knew once Jane, like, talked about puppy love that hers was Dolly Parton, but I didn't really have a guess before that, other than, like, a musician. I don't really... An older musician. I tend to, like, unless I feel like I could really figure it out, I don't try, I don't like put the effort in to think about it unless I see their um, clue from the room of clues. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's me too. Like, because on the two truths and a lie, unless I was taking notes, I literally forgot everybody's. Yeah. And then some of them I'll be like, oh, that could be, but it's like the stuff that they're saying. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm just being influenced by watching it because I can't really like take myself out of like watching them try to figure it out to try to figure it out myself, yeah. I guess. And it's like we're not in the house, so we don't have access to like all those things around. Um, right. I wish that Jane had gone with guessing Jimmy Carter for Hugo because I think she could be right. That could be interesting if she was right, because there wasn't, like, a ton that pointed to that. Yeah. But she's also right that he's kind of young to be his grandson, because Jimmy Carter's, like, um, did he die? No, I think he's, like, 90-something. He's, like, almost 100. (laughs) (laughs) He could have had young kids when he was president. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But I just thought her her guess was a really dumb... She's stupid. She was desperate to like grasp onto something, though. Um, what else? Anything else? Not really. It's really good. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, good. Check it out if you're looking for a fun new, like, kind of challenge reality show. It's fun, 
And the whole first season is up on Hulu, so you can watch that as well. Mm-hmm. And the winner of that season was really good. Yes. I liked her a lot. We stan. An, an absolute icon. An absolute icon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's dive in to the 20th season of The Bachelorette for our 20th episode. Wow. Miss Charity. Miss Charity. Charity. My husband's in love with her. <laughs> he is. Yes. She's so I'm cute. Like, she's a she's so sweet cute. angel. <laughs> she's very like girl next door, like mm-hmm. just so adorable. She's a, so adorable. So we have three episodes that have come out. I guess we can try and stay kind of like more in what happened last night. Um mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know. A lot of the other stuff is kind of old news at this point, but we've got, it's kind of like, I feel like the group has kind of been like narrowed down a little bit by now or like already. Um, There's not that many guys left. I feel like there's clear front runners. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, especially in yesterday's episode. I feel like it became like very clear. And then there's like people where they show them. I'm like, I have not. I've seen never you seen you in my life. <laughs> I've never seen you in my life. I'm sorry to this man. Yeah, Tanner. I'm sorry. I've never seen you in my never life. Never seen you. I would be interested to get to know him more. There are certain people where I'm just like, I don't know you. I don't care to know you. <laughs> you need to. Go. Well, the guy that like went home last night. That was like, she wants a real man that he water skis. I was a like, man who can what? fish and hunt and wakeboard. <laughs> I was like, sir? I've never seen you before. How dare you come in and say this to me? Um, I think his name was James. No, he was a firefighter. That's all I remember. Uh, The hallmark of masculinity is being able to wakeboard, Obviously. (laughs) It's every girl's (laughs) desire. (laughs) Every girl wants a guy who can stand up on water. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So we've got a, one very clear kind of like villain slash troublemaker, and that's Brayden, uh, the earring. He sucks too. The accessorizer extraordinaire. <laughs> um, he, the earrings are troubling. <laughs> they're very because it's like <laughs> I under <laughs> I understand if you want to wear like one dangly dainty. <laughs> earring and look like kind of like a sexy pirate vibes whatever i understand the look he's going for (laughs) but two no matching mother of the bride (laughs) chunky ass pewter earring like it's so they look like earrings that i made out of like an agate that i found on a hike or something (laughs) (laughs) that or like a feather earring that like Dream an catcher. art teacher in her 50s would wear. Your appropriated like- dream catcher. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just don't understand what he's There's doing. a right way to do it, and he's doing it all wrong. He even <laughs> said he's like, his aesthetic was like 70s rocker. And I was like, that is not that is absolutely what you're doing. not. That's like 2011 <laughs> at Coachella. Like... <laughs> <laughs> not uh, it's <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens 2011 yeah. at Coachella. Ew, I not think even. that the way he styles himself is horrendous. Like 
horrendous. His, um, did you notice his suit? He's not unattractive, though. He's His, his face is nice. Did you Like, n- I'll give that to him. Did you notice his suit with the blue satin tie and pocket square matching and blue socks? No. It was disgusting. Hideous. <laughs> I was like, you look weird. Like, not, not, your vibes are not matching. I think he was wearing it with the like the stone earrings. Uh, it makes me question charity because I don't know how you could look at somebody wearing those earrings and just be like, I have this no is what idea. I like. I have no idea. <laughs> and especially with the way that literally since the be- since the first episode, her- he was the one that her brother warned her about. And there, there have been a bunch of people since then who have multiple people. Her. It's like, why do you feel so convicted to like keep him there? I don't. It know. makes me want. It makes me think it, it's like the producers being like, yeah, you have to keep him. That's always, but it, it does seem like she. There's something about him that she is intrigued by as well she seems like so conflicted and i'm like okay girl (laughs) (laughs) um i'm like dotton is right there oh my god he's perfect so yeah so dotton hive dotton hive we have in my mind we have three clear front runners i think you agree right with dotton joey and xavier i don't remember xavier but i believe you I feel like he's giving me the vibe of like a lot of times they'll have the ones who are they're kind of like a dark horse like they're flying under the mm-hmm. radar at first but you can kind of still sense the attraction mm-hmm. and that's what he's kind of giving me he looks a lot like Aaron B but I think he's taller him and Dotton are like the tallest I'm just like I like Joey too I love Joey. but I just feel like as far as like match made in heaven goes i feel like Dotton. him and Dotton and charity could go the distance I know. if i was picking someone for me it would be joey <laughs> but they uh we we texted about it that moment where she took him to her room i was like they just look like a couple like they look so good they look like a couple they felt so comfortable together their conversation was like good and like he's so like he's sweet. he he gives words of affirmation and, and she like cried yeah oh, it was really I loved sweet that moment it was so cute oh Xavier's the one who knitted her the scarf the ugly scarf oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I liked that I looked at Nika I was like you never you knit never me knit anything me. <laughs> knit me a hat and he was like I don't know how to knit <laughs> you could learn I was like you better learn. <laughs> no one's stopping you from learning (laughs) yeah that was sweet when he was like I knitted this for you I was like oh my god no I I think that they really need a one-on-one because I want to I want to get to know him better yeah because I feel like they could like each other he was my initial like on the first episode I was like oh I really I really kind of like see something between them but Mm -hmm. we'll see now Dotton has pulled ahead and I, Dotton, I just Dotton. really like Joey. I feel like it's very, like, he doesn't hide the fact that he's, like, super into her. And I feel like she's into him, too. Yes. Yeah. He's super sweet. And he will, he could be, like, potential bachelor. Yeah. I feel like. If she doesn't pick him, she might. But. Yeah. I just feel like he's a good guy, for sure. Um. So, what did you think about Warwick's <laughs> date? 
Okay, I had such high hopes for Warwick because he's very cute. Yeah, he looks like a Disney prince or something. Yeah, he's like literally a little <laughs> a cartoon, cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. Um he didn't have much go either didn't have much going on up in his brain or he was very thrown off by being on camera. That was the only other thing I could think of. Yeah. Um he just it was just very awkward. Or he suffers from con- chronic fatigue, which is totally valid. <laughs> but not great. Theme parks make him tired. You should have taken a nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But even that was it was strange. I got strange vibes even when he found out he was the one going on the date. Do you remember that moment where they were like, "How do you feel?" And he was like, "He was like, good. Good. <laughs> like he was not excited." Yeah, they were like, "He doesn't talk," <laughs> which is fine. But then, like, to go on the date and her ask you about like what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm not looking for a relationship or something like that." I was like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, it seemed like he kind of I don't like. I felt like it seemed like he could have been somebody that like got scouted in the mall and they were like, do you want to be on The Bachelor? And he was like, sure. Yeah. And then like didn't understand what that meant. That's what, yeah, like, that's what I was going to say is like he just didn't know what he was like getting himself into. Yeah, um, because they do. They like go out and like scout for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so poor <laughs> <I just> Warwick. <laughs> it was truly an abominable date. He didn't say anything. He didn't even try. Um, I know. Even when she was, like, trying to ask him questions, it was, like, pulling teeth. I was like, bro. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) And she was like, you have to go home. He was like, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's that's, (laughs) – that sounds about right. That checks. That (laughs) That checks. checks. Yeah. So we said goodbye to Warwick, and he – yawned a lot of times (laughs) i feel like we could maybe see him in paradise or something yep (laughs) just because of how like ridiculous it was yeah if he's like i don't know yeah i could see him being the kind of person who's like kind of stealthily a fuck boy (laughs) just like looking for a good time um yeah uh, another person who I really like so far is John. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the one who wore the birthday suit Ken <laughs> costume. Yeah, I really like him too. He's a he cutie. Cool. He could be bachelor material. That's as what well. I was thinking too. I hope so. I want to like get to know him more, but I could see him being bachelor material. He talked about playing guitar for his worship band and. We know The Bachelor loves Christians, so. <laughs> they love Christians. <laughs> uh, what else? I know we're kind of all over the place, but I think starting next week will be more <laughs> structured. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, she went on her one-on-one with Brayden to the Padres Stadium. They were there the entire day. <laughs> like, that was their whole. I was like, I'd be so bored. I'd be so bored. They played catch. <laughs> and the mascot was just like running around them. And I was like, I would be like. <laughs> Do you feel like their budget has like taken a huge dive? I don't know. I, f- I liked. I've, I mean, I feel like it's still early. I feel like specifically for the dates um, so far, it's been like, 
I think that they're using their budget for like the destinations probably because the mm-hmm. dates have been like so just like bare bones pretty much. Like they went to the Hollywood sign, <laughs> which is kind of cool because you're literally not allowed to do that anymore. So it's yeah. kind of cool that they got I to, like, thought that was cool. walk there. But it's and like, then they had Lauren <laughs> Elena. That's like an actual singer. Is she? She's famous. Yeah. Yeah. She won the voice, I think. Oh. Like one of the original seasons. Well, Charity loves her. Um, but yeah. Um I guess at this point we're both kind of rooting for Dotton to win. I would want Dotton to win at this point. Uh Joey can win, that would be fine. And then Xavier, yeah. I think those are my top three as well. Mm-hmm. And John could be sneaky yeah sneaky number four i could see like he's the type i could see him making it far but being like like making it far everyone like gets to know him and like him and then he gets sent home Mm -hmm. um oh we didn't talk about little blonde boy little blonde lad sean who pissed everyone off it didn't seem like anyone likes him in the house well i wouldn't either if like he he was being very annoying. He was being villainous. <laughs> he was being villainous. Well, like the way he walked back in from their like one-on-one time, like he was being all jolly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, stop. Yeah. And he's no, like, I know this must be hard for you guys. No one was <laughs> like, I was like, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was giving me a <laughs> But there are lives. people like him and Brayden, I feel like, are young. Like, Brayden's 24. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even imagine holding a conversation with a 24-year-old. He acts man. like he's, like, has – he has the energy of, like, a five-year-old. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, just, like, sit down for a second. Like, stop running around <laughs> jumping. <laughs> stop just stop stop trying on earrings (laughs) just stop (laughs) i just can't with him he has to go in the next episode like there there's no way yeah it seems like it's about to come to a boiling (laughs) so yeah we shall see his time stay tuned stay tuned for more of the bachelorette dun 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 Okay, um, did you watch The Bear? I haven't watched season two yet. Oh my god, what are you doing? You have to watch. I don't know, to me, that I like that show a lot. It's not like one that I'm like, was waiting for the next season to drop on Pins and Needles. Season two is so, so good. I've heard it's good, I'm gonna watch it, I just, I don't think there's anything maybe that... I could get spoiled on or anything. I don't know. I, I don't even really remember what happened in season one, but I remember I liked it. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White is literally so hot. <laughs> I know. I've, I've known that since Shameless. I have too. The first so episode of Shameless I was in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never left. Apparently he is um, possibly dating Selena Gomez. Which I could be here for. <laughs> I need her to f- find somebody. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's a queen. She's a queen among queens. <sighs> okay, what else have you watched? Um, TV wise or movie wise or TV wise, and then we can do our 
Letterbox Roundup. Need to start taking notes about what I watched. I've watched so much, I probably am going to forget everything I've watched. <laughs> I don't know if I've watched anything else TV. I've been keeping up with the Kardashians. Have mm-hmm. you? Yeah. I might be an episode behind. Have you been living La Dolce Vita for the last five no, years? Always. <laughs> it's my brand. Are you? Do you have? Do you have? Are you Team Courtney or Kim in the fight? Um, I'm not necessarily on a team. Like I can see it from both sides, but I do. I like. I genuinely get where Courtney's coming from. Um. I think it's kind of, like, ridiculous to think that you, like, own a vibe, but, like, I get where she's coming from. I think <laughs> I'm more Team Kim. <laughs> I think that Kim can be a little slimy sometimes, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Again, like, her, like it was – an opportunity was presented to her, so I'm not going to, like, fault her for that, but – Yeah. Yeah. You should watch the most recent ones, and then we can reconvene. What happened in the most recent one? I might have seen it. Oh, they just like got together and like talked about it. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. I thought I just didn't get why like Courtney wouldn't be mad at Kylie then too if Kylie like basically had the exact same like what did Kylie deal. Do? Well, that's what they were talking about. Like, like Kylie also had a deal with Dolce like right after the wedding, mm. and then like, but she's only mad at. Kim. I think it's more like they're like sisterly they're more dynamics. Yeah, they're way. They've always had like friction in their relationship, so I just think that that makes it a lot more. Um, I don't know. I think Courtney's more sensitive to what Kim does than to what anybody else does. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, I just think it's funny because, like, I feel like that's the only thing right now on that show that's making me, like, want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the scenes with Kylie and Kylie and Kendall are stupid, unwatchable. <laughs> I hate them. Almost Not hate them. But. Literally. No, I literally was, like, when they were, like, driving stick shift, I was, like, what – is this so like they're literally just like, <laughs> this is not a tv show <laughs> they're just putting in like the bare minimum to like um like meet the terms of their contract or whatever <laughs> literally excruciating yeah so i just think like the sister dynamic of them like action and you can tell like obviously it's a ridiculous fight like no it's not relatable to anybody mm-hmm. but i you can tell that they're like frustrations are genuine because yeah that's such a sister thing to like fight about right <laughs> you know like yeah <laughs> I thought their talk was good like it seemed like they kind of got across their points that they wanted to make um yeah but yeah it is it's just funny um yeah and I I don't know I always just kind of feel for Courtney even when like their last big fight that they had whenever Kim was like, you're the least interesting to look at or whatever. Um, Like it just, it seemed like she was like in a a place where she was struggling at that point. And I was just kind of like, you don't have to be so mean to her. I don't know. Um, Yeah. That was really mean. Yeah. Um, But now she has her whole like Travis life and she's pregnant and um, she's in a better place. It seems like so. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll be watching. I like all the Chris stuff too. <laughs> Chris is a queen. 
I feel really like it's really actually made me sad like watching Chloe recently because I'm like she was always like my favorite Mm -hmm. and the one I related to the most and like not that I don't relate to her anymore but she's just so seems so like broken down yeah and like just basically a shell mm-hmm. of like who she used to be which I'm not saying she can't come back from and she will and she's been through a lot yeah and I just feel really bad for her I do and too I want her to win so bad I know <laughs> I hope she can find <laughs> happiness um I agree. And it was nice to see them, like how Courtney at the end of the last episode was talking about like how when they get together, like in their like goofy mood, it's like there's no Mm -hmm. one else around. And I was like, oh, it's back like in Courtney and uh, Chloe take Miami. (laughs) I know. That was the best. They had the best relationship. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I think her and Kim have beef too is because I think she feels like Chloe is closer to Kim now. Yeah. Then, or they have more like the relationship that her and Chloe used to have. So, yeah. Um, like, can't we it's all? Gotta just, be rough. Can't we all just get along, girlies? <laughs> Girly pops. Girly pops. Can't we just live in our McMansions in peace? Literally. Not McMansions, real mansions. Real mansions. Um, <laughs> real mansions. Uh, what have I been watching? I've been just kind of like catching up with new seasons of, and just like that. Yeah. And just like that, we can talk about that. Um, are you caught up? Yeah. (laughs) 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 And that's the end of that. Literally everyone I talk to about it, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing that that we all watch. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Honestly, I will say, like, I can't get over how beautiful Sarah Jessica Parker is. Like, she looks amazing. Yeah. Um, she's holding the whole thing together. <laughs> she is for sure. She is. Um, I don't know what. Okay, so I hate miranda's story arc yeah that's that's where i'll start and it (laughs) seems like the majority of the show is about that for some reason miranda and like it's not had a threesome with kate hudson's brother weird i was like i don't want to watch this I, don't I was like, I remember. I supported the <laughs> lifestyle, her exploring. I really don't want to watch that. Um, thank you. Um, thank you. Next, it's just excruciating. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like her character. I don't like uh, like any of her story arc either. Like, is even the stuff with like Steve and Brady. I'm like, Brady's weird. <laughs> At least when Brady, like, called her and she had to go back to New York, I was like, thank God. Yeah. Get <laughs> like, I cannot him. do any more of uh, Miranda in L.A. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Dressing like that and getting weird-ass tattoos. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, Che Pasa is never going to go. <laughs> che Pasa. <laughs> So what I don't understand about that show is like, 
It's called Che Passa and then like, but she's supposed to be Italian now. I guess. No. <laughs> or was it that he's supposed to be Hispanic? Or that's what it originally was. Well, it was originally supposed to be, but then Tony Danza was like, I don't feel comfortable playing Hispanic. <laughs> so I'm like, so she's supposed to play Italian and the show's called Che Passa. I think they they were making her mom Hispanic. Her mom, I guess, who's dead. Oh. Um. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And then when it's she so got bad. mad because Miranda ruined her one good take, it's like if you can't even do more than one good take, you're not going to be able to have a show. <laughs> the showrunner was like, you ruined the day. And I was like, yeah. like they've never had somebody's phone go off in a taping. Like, yeah, it probably happens. Yeah. It's just not, it's not, it's not anything enjoyable. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where this is going, but they're treating Che like their uh, main character of the show now, like showing their like scenes with them alone. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Because what if they, that. what if Miranda and Che break up, then I'm just supposed to follow Che's life after that? I don't care. I would, I don't, I don't know. I hope they break up. (laughs) (laughs) I need them to break up for my own sanity. Maybe Che and Kate Hudson's brother will run away What I can't figure out is like, is Che supposed to be like, like, are they trying to write that character well? Or are (laughs) they making fun of this? I don't understand because the, the stand-up comedy is bad. Yeah. Their personality is bad. Yeah. They're cringe. They're, cringe. They're like cringe times a million. When they cried and because of their <laughs> was it like because of their weight or something? Yeah. I was like, Ugh. this is out of nowhere. Literally and out we of never, nowhere. Like we never like came back to that. Circled back. No. <laughs> it is not yeah. No. It has not been good for them. <laughs> So I just, I I would like to hear more about what the writers are thinking with that character. <laughs> but um. <laughs> what if they were like, yeah, we kind of let AI do that part. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I literally died when they had a, a set at the comedy store and they were like, they said a joke about taking an Uber from their living room to their bathroom because it's LA. <laughs> it's so and that mad. was their closer. That was the closer. <laughs> and that's my time for the night. No. I was like, no. <laughs> what? Ew. Uh, I think I misgendered them earlier, so I'm sorry about that. But, but so, and then Charlotte and what's her friend's name? I always forget. LTW. LTW. I. I like them. I'm okay with them. Yeah. <laughs> I like them too. Um, yeah. And Charlotte's cringy, but in the way that she's always been cringy. Yeah. It feels like a genuine cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I like Seema. She's probably my favorite new character that they added. I like Seema a lot too. And I like yeah. their I like her and um, Carrie's friendship. Yeah. Like I like them being like two single ladies out on the town. <laughs> and she's like chic and like lives the life. Yeah. La um, Dolce Vita. <laughs> she's living La Dolce Vita. <laughs> <laughs> um the the part where she went 
where Carrie went to Enid Enid Wexler was that her name mm-hmm. the Vogue ladies uh, like old lady party was funny <laughs> and Gloria yeah, was Steinem funny. was there. and bitsy sent her the dick pic that's the thing like i like the show literally if they cut out the miranda parts yeah i feel like it would be like a 10 out of 10 yeah i know and it sucks because like i think miranda was like my favorite character in the original show um like i always yeah and i don't even know if it's like i don't I'm not mad that, like, her and Steve are getting a divorce. Like, I'm not mad that she's, like, discovering her sexuality or anything like that. It's literally the characters that they've chosen to do that with. Mm-hmm. And the way that she just is so cringe it's and, like, unhinged. doesn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it like she was born yesterday. It and doesn't I'm like, feel like the same character. No, not at um, all. Like, Miranda was, like, a smart lawyer lady. And now she like mm-hmm. literally doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> like, why would why would somebody that was like a corporate lawyer for like twenty years go into a college class and think that the professor couldn't be a woman or black right. or young? Like that doesn't that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It's not. Um, what's the word? I can't think today. It's not coherent. Coherent. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but anyways. I understand. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I liked Carrie with that guy from her podcast, though. That guy was hot. He was hot. But he, yeah, I just like, I felt like he was just one of the dudes that yeah. will come and go. Yeah, and then Aiden's supposed to come back, so oh, yeah. looking forward to that. And then there's supposed to be like one scene with Samantha. yeah. So. One scene that she probably filmed separately. (laughs) The girls are going to feast that night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Aiden, come back to me. Like, that's the thing. It's, like, so – it's, like, not great, but I will continue to watch every episode. I mean, yeah. Complain about it. (laughs) Honestly, like – kudos to this show for like being able to do that because everyone feels that way about it it's like a train wreck that you can't look away from Um, yeah which might have been there like that could have been what they were trying to do mm -hmm. like you know it's not like they were trying to recreate sex in the city yeah so it could like that could just be what they think Mm -hmm. this is (laughs) they're succeeding good job everyone involved (laughs) (laughs) Um, that guy, the guy that she Carrie dated, the podcast mm-hmm. guy, was also in the new season of Never Have I Ever. Have you watched that yet? Oh no, I haven't. I do need to catch up on that. It's the last season. Show. I'm sad that it's over. Um, I know, but it's so cute. I love that show. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, a hol- the hilarious storyline was when um. She didn't want to do that commercial, so therefore the whole podcast network shut down. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm not going to talk about my vagina. And they're like, you're done. They're like, we needed that one ad to save us. At the same time, I was like, why won't you just do it? (laughs) Like, It wasn't that bad. (laughs) Or have an intern read it and just stick it in post. Yeah. What? (laughs) 
Shay's stand-up was way worse than that ad. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, I'll read that ad for $500. Exactly. Uh, so funny. So we'll be continuing to watch that show. <laughs> Can't wait to see what happens. Check then. back in for updates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we will be throwing a party when Miranda and Shay break up. Oh my god, literally. Uh, I've also been watching the new season of The Righteous Gemstones. That's another one I need to catch up on. I haven't been on like my game with TV. It's so good. <laughs> I've been in like a Danny McBride moment <laughs> for some reason. All my friends have been rewatching Eastbound and Down. I just started watching it. Eastbound and Down because I was like, I don't know, since I got caught up on Righteous Gemstones, I was like, I want more. <laughs> and so I started that. I had never watched it before, though. Um, so I'm in my Danny McBride era. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I need to watch the other two. I've heard I need to watch It's Silo. over. The other two's over. I know. I know. I've no, I haven't watched it though. Like for good. I'm sad. I wanted there to be another season. You said Silo. Yeah, I've heard Silo on Apple TV is good. Oh, I started watching uh, Platonic on Apple TV, and I really like it. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, and mm-hmm. um, it's basically like she's uh. She's married to Luke McFarlane and they have like three kids. Um, and Seth Rogen plays like her, this guy who used to be like her best friend. And then they had a mm-hmm. falling out like once he got married because she didn't like his wife. And now, um, they're back together or like they, they reconnected because he's getting a divorce mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they're both kind of like in a moment of trying to, figure out what they're doing with their lives and so they're just like acting like college kids together basically i love Uh, them yeah it's really funny you should watch it you would like it did you watch shrinking i haven't yet that's another one i said i wanted it's on my list i love me some jason jason derulo (laughs) not that jason Jason. (laughs) i know that's the jason you're talking about Um, um Okay, should we get into a let a box roundup? Yes. We're going to start doing these monthly, I think is the plan. Okay. So we're going to talk about what we've watched in June. Do you want to go first? June. Okay. Um, I watched, well, we talked about everything I watched up until Paris is Burning. Um, so after that, I went and saw Past Lives. Mm-hmm. in the theater and it was so good i know i cried and, and i cried <laughs> i literally walked out of the theater and this guy that worked there like saw me and he was like is it good did and you like, like it <laughs> you could tell i was like sobbing um and so i gave it four stars and a heart and i said i stand by my decision to not wear mascara to go see this good good on ya <laughs> Good on ya. And then over Father's Day weekend, Rachel was here with me. <laughs> and we went to the movies and we saw The Flash. Not our choice. Not our choice. It was Fod's choice. It was atrocious. <laughs> Horrendous. It was literally atrocious. <laughs> um, 
I gave it two <laughs> stars. <laughs> and I said, the silly little cameos are trying to kill me. I literally was like, what is happening this whole movie? <laughs> Yeah, we do not recommend The Flash, even though, like, I went to my friend's house, like, the weekend after with my husband, (laughs) and we were talking about what we did, and we said we went to see The Flash, and all my friends were like, was it good? And I was like, no, and Nick was like, yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh. Literally, I guess it depends who you ask, but... For real. In our opinion, <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> if you're able to have an unbiased view of that world, then it was not good. <laughs> well, in I'll even like, like I said, I've I watch a lot of the superhero movies because my husband likes them. So I think there's obviously a hierarchy of like good ones better ones and not so good ones, and I just didn't think this one was good. Um. Then we went and saw The Blackening, which is a spoof. I'll probably I'll read about it because I don't think a lot of people heard about it. Um, it's called The Blackening. It's we can't all die first. A group of black friends reunite for Juneteenth getaway weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. It's a slasher spoof movie. And it's actually, it was really funny. Um, it's based off of... I think this um, improv troupe did a skit about this Mm -hmm. and then it kind of like went viral and then they did like um, a short, they made a short film about it and then they finally got to make a feature film about it. And the script was really funny. Like me and my husband were dying laughing the whole time. It's not as scary. I think they could have made it scarier and had both. But it wasn't, like, really, like, scary at all. But I mm-hmm. think the comedy, like, made up for it. And I don't really usually like spoof movies. Like, I don't really like the scary movie movies or, like, not another teenage movie or any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't you really usually, like, connect with that type of comedy. But I thought this one was funny because it was more about, like, cultural, like, commentary than, like, I guess, tropes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, it was funny. I, it'll probably be on streaming soon. Um, yeah, it's the type of movie that I feel like I would like to watch at home. Yeah, it was good. So mm-hmm. I gave that three and a half for like a debut of movie. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw Asteroid City. Yes. And we can talk about that more. Yeah. When you get to it. So good. <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, that's all I saw in June. I have a lot for July. So I watched, I rewatched my Big Fat Greek Wedding <laughs> because I, I hadn't seen movie. it in a while. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think if I've even watched it since I saw it, like when it came out. I must have because I was only 10 when it came out. Um, you were? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. But, if I had to guess, I would have said like 15. I know it it feels like I was older, but um, I guess I must have watched it when I was older. Um, but it's it's so good. It's so funny. Um, it's yeah, like I love I, that movie. I feel like it's like so well structured for it's like it kind of is like the blueprint for like structuring a rom-com I feel like um mm-hmm. it's 95 minutes and like they get so much done in that time 
which is something I always appreciate. So I gave it four stars. And then I watched American Gigolo, which I do think I mentioned before on here, which I hadn't seen before. <laughs> what is that? So it's a it's a like a neo noir uh, that stars what's his name Richard Gere, mm-hmm. and he basically is like a really well known like uh, paid escort for like especially older women Mm -hmm. and um but so he it's like it's like that's part of the plot but then there's this whole like kind of murder mystery that gets tied into it but I really like the vibe of it I don't know (laughs) it was kind of like a, a vibe movie um and Richard Gere was so sexy um yeah he's and my review of it was the music chef's kiss the interiors chef's kiss the jeans chef's kiss (laughs) because he wore some jeans that looked very good on him (laughs) Uh, the styling in that movie was like really good um and i gave it four stars i can't remember if i said that um and then we had in the mood for love which we talked about and then i watched showgirls which i had never seen before um have you seen that no I've seen that one scene. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was shook to my core. I've seen that on I've seen that on Twitter. Um it was certainly an experience to watch this movie. Um it's so just so weird. Like so it stars um, Elizabeth Berkley, who was in Saved by the Bell, and it was kind of like her breakout role um, in a film. And she plays a showgirl, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of nudity. I think it's rated NC-17. Um, and it's just like, it was not, I don't know what I expected going into it, but it was just like, it blew all my expectations <laughs> out of the water. Like in a good way literally. or a bad way? Not necessarily good or bad. It's just kind of like, like I can, it's definitely the type of movie where you're like, yeah, I get why this has like a cult following because it's not really like a serious movie. It's just, it's not serious in the way that the Roys aren't serious people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, So it's kind of like they, the, maybe the filmmaker thought they were making a more uh, highbrow film than it actually is. Yeah, kind of. Like, so Elizabeth Berkeley's performance is like out of bounds. Like, it is, she's not in the same movie well, as everybody else. She didn't do anything after this famous movie. Yeah, right? so <laughs> she and didn't it, book anything else. It's really kind of sad because uh, I heard, like, I read like an interview with her about this movie and how she was like, she was really gunning for it. Like she was like this, like I can do this. Like this is made for like, this role was made for me. Like, I feel like I can really like nail this or whatever. And then the movie came out and she got like eviscerated for it. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like crushed her. And um, which sucks because like, but was it so like, off that it almost was like was this the direction she was given i could see it being like that's what he was trying to get from her uh paul verhoven who directed it so it's just like one of the uh, like i don't know i guess just you would have to watch it i guess to know what i'm trying to say but it's just kind of like a very 
uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like one of a kind, I feel like. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I gave it three and a half stars. I enjoyed watching it. There are some really cool like set pieces in it. Like they had a huge budget. So it's just kind of a very uh, interesting kind of story. Mm -hmm. And then I rewatched Funny Girl and I gave it five stars. And uh, I said, most beautiful person to ever live. I don't care. Talking about Barbara Streisand. Uh, And then I watched Past Lives, gave it four stars. And my review was, applies for every artist residency in any small countryside town I can find. (laughs) You want to meet an Arthur? I want an Arthur. I love I love that actor, Joe Mangaro. Um, and then I watched Some Kind of Wonderful because I had never seen it. Um, and I was in the mood for like an 80s John Hughesy kind of movie. Um, and it wasn't my favorite, but it was okay. It kind of like scratched the itch I was looking for. So I gave it three stars. My only reference for that movie is from... Uh, he's, he's just, just not, not that, that into you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen it, but I remember her talking about it in that movie. She's Watts. <laughs> um, and then I rewatched Freaky Friday, which is five stars. 20 years old this year, <laughs> which is crazy. Five um, stars. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it four. <laughs> it's five. Are you crazy? Five for the song alone. Girl, that song is fucking everything <laughs> the song is fire <laughs> <laughs> it's so good and it's still and holds the up. purple outfit she wears when they're performing it so my Five review stars. of it was central performances a plus 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 20 years later and i'm still dreaming of being in pink slip and lusting after Lindsay's purple satin two-piece wedding outfit Rock yes that symbol. outfit that outfit is everything to me. It literally changed And the way life. she looks in it, the way it fits her. I know. Lindsay is so, she, like, it was so good in that era. Like, an all-timer. Um, and then Paris is Burning. And then The Flash, I gave it one and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> I said, looked bad. Chuckled at the Eric Stoltz joke the first time. Slept a little. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep in the theater, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, and then I watched uh, Asteroid City, which we could talk about. Um, I rewatched Mama Mia. I gave it three and a half. And I rewatched Sixteen Candles, gave it four and a half. I rewatched The Parent Trap, gave it five. Said, sorry, it's a masterpiece. Sorry, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing else you can do in film to make a better movie literally it's one of the best movies ever made and i'm not kidding (laughs) um sorry we don't make the rules and then the last movie i watched was the last days of disco which i gave four stars what's that that is a movie from 1998 um with chloe sevigny and kate beckinsale um And it's basically about this like nightclub in the 80s that's kind of like a a Studio 54-esque club. Um, And it's literally just about that kind of like uh, that kind of like point in time where disco is basically like on its way out. And it started, um, you know, people started like dogging on it because of certain things that they associate with that genre of music. 
mm-hmm. like you know, like LGBTQ and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's about like the two the two main characters, the Chloe Seventy and Kate Beckinsale, are like co-workers that like like to frequent this club and they like meet guys there and then they decide to like live together but they don't really know each other that well and then it turns out that they like kind of don't like each other (laughs) and so uh I don't know it's just kind of like a slice of life type of movie uh, Mm -hmm. with the backdrop of the whole like disco is dead movement um interesting I love Chloe yeah she was so young in this um, but yeah, I gave it four stars. I don't know if I said that. Um, so you pre- you liked it pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. It had um Jason from Gilmore Girls in it. <laughs> Digger. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do we want to talk about Asteroid City? Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Did I say what I rated it? I don't remember. I gave it four and a half stars. I really, really liked it. I gave it four. Um... Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. And then I kind of like feel like my thoughts about Wes Anderson as a whole are starting to like crystallize a little bit. Okay, that was my kind of thought of it. Like as I was watching, as I was watching it, like I it just felt like it was becoming more and more clear to me that like this is it felt like this is what his career has been like leading up towards, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, this could, I feel like this will kind of go down as, like, his, I don't know what the right, it's not, like, magnum opus, but just, like, his kind of defining work. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really loved it. Like, the whole vibe of it, the sets were, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, the storytelling felt, like, very kind of, it felt like, so the French Dispatch, for me, felt like kind of a diversion for him as far as, like, structure of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it felt like this movie had a little bit of that, but also it felt like kind of like a combination of, like, his, the classic way of that he's told stories in mm-hmm. addition to kind of, like, that newer structure that he introduced with the French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Going back to, like, the like the playwright scenes that were all in black and white and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. I liked that. Yeah, I liked the way he framed the story, like you said, in like going back and forth between the production and the behind the scenes. Um, it was almost like three layers. Mm-hmm. It deep. was like the Twilight Zone show kind of. Yeah. The show about the sh- the show about the making of the show that you're watching. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that kind of like meta aspect that that's what I think that was my favorite part of the movie was just the meta that the whole like basic theme to me was just very meta, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. like talking about show business basically. Um, I had, I might need to watch it again, but a lot of the stuff I read about it was talking about how he was talking about grief. Mm Mm-hmm. And that didn't really, like, come through to me, like, that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood, like, the storyline of, like, the mom dying or Jason Schwartzman's character's wife dying. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just, like, something about – and I agree. I totally agree with you about, like, the sets were amazing. And I think that's literally, like, what he does and, 
like I don't think anybody can do it like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something missing, I feel like, for me with the emotional connection. I don't know. I feel kind of like I'm an outlier because everybody else I read is like, this touched me so deeply. And I'm just like, I don't I don't ever feel like that after I watch his movies. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with those. Or not that I, I disagree, but I didn't, I'm kind of with you. Like, I didn't really take that away as like the central theme or or anything like Mm -hmm. or like the overarching theme Mm -hmm. like it was obviously like a part of the story but Mm -hmm. um I don't necessarily think I was looking for that though like yeah maybe I'm just maybe it was just throwing me off like seeing other people write about it because I was like that because to me the central theme was more about like the idea of creating art Mm-hmm. and storytelling and the idea of a community like the the people of the town like have this like very singular experience together mm-hmm. and then like all of a sudden it like kind of defines their lives for that like short period of time yeah and then like all of a sudden it's over and it kind of just dissipates yeah it's like being in a play like that's the experience of like making something right or, being in a movie. or making a movie yeah. yeah so that's more like what I took from it and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it and the fucking alien it was, I was there were, I was there were tears there were tears rolling down my this face this was a fun movie to see with an audience i it saw was. it i think i People saw it on the day howling. it came out and everyone People were was howling dying. yeah <laughs> i i it was just yeah it was a very fun experience and especially like the type of people who probably I saw it with on opening day are the type of people who can like appreciate Wes Anderson's like humor and stuff like that and so it was just mm-hmm. kind of like very enjoyable to like see it with people who are kind of like nodding their heads and like chuckling at the right that point. was literally my favorite part when the alien like held up the asteroid he, and like, like smiled around <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> I died. And like nobody else can do that, I feel yeah. like. Because when that alien like came down, I was like, <laughs> the only way you can make this work is within like the structure of like what he had already set up. Yeah. Right. Because like you're not watching like it happen. You're watching a play about this thing that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it was so funny. And then, like, so later good. the gag of um, Jeff Goldblum being the alien. Yeah. It was, like, so quick. <laughs> it was, like, one second. Yeah. I was dead. Um, yeah. But, yeah. that Okay, so I'm glad that, like, because it had been bothering me. Honestly, I'd been thinking about it for, like, since I saw it, like, a mm. few weeks ago. I'm like, am I, like, not – maybe I'm just not understanding, like, yeah. it on no, the level I- that other people are. I am on your side. Like, I agree that I think it's about making art and just the just the process of like, uh, like creating something, but also like trying to understand what you're creating and like what the goal is. Because remember the whole like Jason Schwartzman thing of like, why did he burn his hand on the griddle or whatever? He was like trying to figure that like that was really like eating at him. Mm -hmm. And that's I feel like it's just the experience of like being an actor and like trying to figure out what you're saying like with your performance and stuff like that right yeah and like that scene the scene with Margot Robbie on the 
balcony and it Mm kind of like everything like just talking to her helped like for him crystallize like the purpose yeah of what he was doing in the play yeah um and that's kind of like what we've just experienced here talking to you is helping me crystallize (laughs) what like (laughs) and we're creating art as we speak (laughs) it's so meta it's so meta um Uh, but yeah, okay. It was yeah, like the whole grief, like the whole kind of theme of grief was mostly contained within the art. Like the character mm-hmm. was experiencing grief, not mm-hmm. like you know, th- like we said, there's layers to it. It was like the character that Jason Schwartzman was playing was experiencing mm-hmm. grief, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. So maybe that was the point. It wasn't supposed to feel authentic because yeah. it wasn't. Right. It was like, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I I probably need to see it again too, because it's like, there is so much packed into it. I feel like mm-hmm. that I'm forgetting, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just feel like it was so well realized the way that most of his films are. He has such this like, definitely a vision. felt like he reached a new apex of like the he visual the next storytelling. Level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He unlocked the next level of the video game, but literally like, I don't even know how he created that. I know. Where set. were they? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really don't understand it's so how something cool. like that comes to be. Um, we're in a roadrunner cartoon. And then like the other thing I wanted to touch on was just the color of Scarlett Johansson's lipstick. I want it. I need it. I don't understand what was happening, but she looked amazing. Like a literal vision. Like I don't understand. It was like how they perfectly lit. stained. It looked ugh, it was like so I needed good. that product, whatever it, it was. was. So good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, she looked yeah. amazing. It's just yeah, the there's just, I feel like there's just so much to appreciate in his films there's so many little like tidbits or like little gags or like moments of humor or moments of like sadness that mm-hmm. are so just well like executed i also loved the part with the the little kid in the class singing his song about the alien <laughs> oh my god i love that too and then everyone the guys came over and were like playing the band yeah <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> Yeah, I love that kid. Except now there's an alien. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. And I liked seeing all like the kind of newcomers and how they adapt to his style, mm-hmm. like Maya Hawk and Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, just everybody was really good. Everyone was good. I loved. Uh, I mean, I've said this before. The kid that played Jason Schwartzman's son. Mm-hmm. He. He's a rising star. I feel like that's who he like that character like, is like who he is in yeah, real life. Probably. I love I'm obsessed with him. That was perfect casting. It was. It really was. And it also made this movie made me like continue to appreciate Jason Schwartzman in like a mm-hmm. way that I feel like he's not always just because he's not like in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can see why. Like he's the perfect kind of like vibe he was excellent and <laughs> yeah. if you ever wanted to see him and um edward norton make out then 
this is the movie for this you. This is the movie for you. <laughs> I know I have been waiting <laughs> for that. I didn't know that's what I needed, but I was satisfied after I saw it. Yes. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad we could talk through that. There, <laughs> there was this, there was this, my, I went with my husband to see it and there was someone, there was someone sitting next to him and they wouldn't like laugh, but like every five seconds they'd go, ha! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a laugh, but like, just like, they were just so like delighted. <laughs> and he was like, after it was over, he was like, I was about to fucking punch that person. <laughs> but it was he it was right funny. next to him? He was sitting re- right oh, next to him. He was just sucks. like, ha! <laughs> 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 I was like, stop. Be normal. <laughs> Play it cool. Play it cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah. I found myself like looking around, (laughs) like looking at people laughing. Like whenever there was a funny moment, I was just like, hey guys, (laughs) we're all like enjoying this, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just a good a good movie going experience for me. Same. And now I'm excited for what else is to come in the summer? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. For some blockbusting yeah. content. We're about to bust some blocks. We're about to bust y'all's blocks off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that we are going to take a little breaky break. But we'll promise we'll come back this time. Like, it won't take us three weeks. It'll just <laughs> we'll take us a few seconds. About- portrait of a lady on fire so stick around and we're back as we promised we keep our promises we don't keep our promises (laughs) um all right let's talk about our watching up segment for the week um this week we were closing out our pride month theme and we watched portrait of a lady on fire from 2019 directed by celine siama the letterbox synopsis says don't regret remember on an isolated island in Brittany at the end of the 18th century a female painter is obliged to paint a wedding portrait of a young woman um so Spoiler alerts for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. If you do not want to know anything about it, feel free to come back in the next episode. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on the movie? Um, It was fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> Did it, it change your life? Really good. <laughs> I don't know if it changed my life, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I would highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I guess there's a reason why it's gotten all the accolades and awards. <laughs> I was kind of going into it expecting it to be more, um, what's the word? Maybe a little more pretentious. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like it was at all. Um, I don't. I don't feel like that either. So it, it surprised me. It like I was happily. What's the word? Goodly surprised. You were happily. Astonished. <laughs> Why do you think of words like I literally I, my brain is broken today and yesterday apparently. Um, but no, I know what, I know what you mean. Surprised. I was good. I don't know. You know what I mean. 
I can't think of it either. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I really loved it too. It was so good. It was beautifully photographed. Like the visuals were amazing. The setting on the cliffs of Brittany was like, I want to go to there. It looked beautiful. pleasantly surprised. God damn it. I thought you said that. I no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Did you hear anything I said? No, I was looking up the word. <laughs> yeah, I liked it too. The performances were great. Yeah. The lead performances were um Noemi Merlant and Adele Ayanel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing those right. Mm-hmm. But they were both beautiful and had perfect eyebrows. <laughs> I didn't realize the brunette girl was also in Tar. Tar. Yeah. yeah, she was uh, – wasn't she, like, her assistant or – yeah. Wasn't she, like, the young one that she was, like, in love with or no? Dang, now I can't remember. They kind of looked alike. Um, yeah, I, I liked uh, the – I thought the use of the – times when she kind of like hallucinated seeing Eloise in white like in the dark doorways Mm -hmm. I thought that was like really interesting and kind of cool Mm -hmm. um a cool kind of scary it was a very like surreal moment in a very realistic film Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense yeah uh which which I liked um, and then at the e- or like towards the end when she actually saw her in the dress that she had been like mm-hmm. imagining her in mm-hmm. was cool. And then the closing of the door mm-hmm. making her completely dark was very effective. Yeah, it all like the story was so well written and the ending really like really affected me. I feel like it like wrapped it up so well. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really good. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but um Yeah. Yeah. I love like I I'm, I'm starting to realize that I love like movies set in this time, I think. Um like a lot of my favorite movies are set around this time. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you do. I feel like I'm usually like less high on them, but like when one when a movie set in this time is like really good, like it hits different. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like we talked about it with Amadeus and stuff like that. Um, so at the end, so the very last shot is of Eloise like watching the orchestra, and she's like becoming very emotional. Mm-hmm. And my, this was my reading on it, and I want to know if I'm like even if that's what you took away too or not, but she basically the narration by the other character. What was her name? Marianne. Marianne. She was narrating and she was saying that like, she saw Eloise one last time. They were kind of across the room from each other at the orchestra, but Eloise didn't see her. Mm -hmm. But like based on her reaction, I kind of took away that she actually did see her, but she was trying to like, put up a front that she didn't because it was too like painful or something like that. Oh, I didn't think about that. Um, that could be for sure. I thought it was, um, that she hadn't ever heard an orchestra before because she had talked about 
at the beginning how she'd only heard church music before and then Marianne was trying to describe what seeing an orchestra was like to her. Oh, I must have missed that part. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it would probably be important for, yeah. But then I was also like, it seems like it's been a while since they saw each other because she saw, and that was another part that I loved when she saw her painting and like her finger was like on the page 28 28. I was like yeah I like my heart like stopped um (laughs) chills yeah like literally (laughs) sent chills down my spine but um yeah so I was like well if she moved to Milan and like had like this I don't know was like a Dutch yeah rich life and like was in a big city I don't know why she wouldn't have been able to go to a show Mm -hmm. before this point in time but yeah yeah, that that's an interesting way to look at it. I think there's obviously probably multiple ways to think about what that what that was, yeah. but or maybe it's just because like hearing a orchestra will always remind her of like her love mm-hmm. for Marianne. It was also very like it was Vivaldi's Four Seasons, like the summer portion. That's like a very like unrelenting, like harsh, like like piece of music. Um, And so I think maybe it was just affecting her because of just like the way she, her life happened in a way that she like couldn't really avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Lovely. (laughs) Yeah. It was a beautiful movie. Yeah. It was really, really good. A beautiful in its love story. It was very romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. We were talking about like how both of the main actors like reminded us of other people, yeah. and I still can't I can't exactly put my finger on who um, the blonde one reminded me of, but it was like uncanny. The brunette one reminded me of Elise Myers from TikTok. Well, her face, but then I was looking at her pictures and I was like, she's kind of like her plus Shailene Woodley mixed together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She kind of has like. Uh, like woodland creature <laughs> features yeah. <laughs> um, um yeah and the other one like f- same she reminds me of somebody a lot but I can't like put my finger on it I know I was like is it an athlete or something like I don't know it was somebody random probably but yeah um I I uh gave it a rating of four and a half stars did you already say what you rated it I can't remember I gave it five stars I give it five flames. Yeah, I liked the flames. <laughs> I uh, um, I was like, do they do this just randomly with like certain movies where they do like fun little yeah different things on there's Letterboxd. different features on different like not on everything but on different movies there's different things. That I they- was reading that there was some Mission Impossible thing they were doing, but yeah, I like, haven't logged. I didn't get it to. I tried logging one yesterday just to like see what would happen and it, nothing happened. So it knew you were <laughs> they lied. It knew you were lying. It's <laughs> like you didn't watch the shit, man. I know your history. <laughs> um, so I guess it's safe to say that we would recommend Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's on Hulu. 100%. For, for GD free. If you want to watch it. Go watch it. It's really good. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yes. Um, All right. So should we move on to our assignments for our new theme? 
Yeah. All right, y'all. New theme just dropped. We're in the dog days of summer. And as we've talked about a little bit in this episode, we've got some summer potential blockbusters coming up. And so we decided that uh, we would do a theme of just blockbuster films for, you know, this week and maybe more weeks to come. Um, So I thought I would give maybe a little bit of history on the concept of blockbusters in case anyone listening is curious at all. Um, I got this uh, excerpt of an article from Collider called What Was Hollywood's First Blockbuster? Um, And it says, according to media studies professor Charles R. Ackland, the term blockbuster originated in World War II. At the time, newspapers used it to refer to the new large 4,000-pound bombs dropped by Allied forces on enemy cities. Following the end of the war, the word became a descriptor for movies with outsized production budgets, elaborate promotional campaigns, and significant box office results. Only one of these elements is necessary for a film to be considered a blockbuster. Ackland claims, which is why we often hear about low-budget blockbusters and would-be blockbusters turned box office bombs. Still, according to Ackland, many researchers point to the religious epic boom of the 1950s as the origin of the term blockbuster as it is used today. But even with all this rich history behind the term, there are many who still claim that Spielberg's Jaws was the first film to bust the blocks around American movie theaters. This isn't without reason. Released in the summer of 1975, Jaws was the first movie to gross over $235 million at the box office. By the end of its original run, it made $260 million in the U.S. and $470 million worldwide. Wow. Keeping in mind that that movie was made for less than $9 million, which is crazy. That is crazy. Um, so yeah, and it also talks about how kind of Jaws went on to kind of, uh, blaze the trail of, um, the way that we market movies today, as far as like utilizing television ads, mm-hmm. ad slots for marketing movies and stuff like that. So it, needless to say, the man kind of, uh, was a trailblazer in the front of blockbuster films. King of so, blockbusters. I think the general population would like, like when you think of ter- the term blockbuster, it's like Steven Spielberg is pretty much synonymous with synonymous. it. Yeah. Um. So we figured this week we would each assign one another a Steven Spielberg movie that we haven't seen that were considered blockbusters when they were released. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So um, do you want to go fast? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to sign Rachel Minority Report from 2002, starring Tom Cruise. Um, I honestly have not seen this movie since I was in high school, but I remember Mm -hmm. really liking it and being surprised that I like it because it's not usually the type of movie that I would gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. I remember being at like a sleepover and one of my friends put it on and I was like, what the hey hell? Guys, let's watch Minority Report. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we were like 15. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, this is good. So um, yeah, I'll probably end up rewatching it too because I haven't seen it in a minute, but yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. This, yeah, like exactly like you said, like I feel like on paper this isn't the type of movie that I would sounds like it would be for me 
But since I've heard like so many positive things about it, it's always kind of like just been on my list. And so now I get to watch it and we get some Tom Cruise in our lives. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So for Michelle, I am going to assign you Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 1977. I'm excited is so good. I also might rewatch this with you because it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's a classic and um, I think you're really going to like it. Yeah! It stars Richard Dreyfuss, Terry Garr, and yeah, (laughs) Short King. My king, Dick (laughs) Dreyfuss. Dick Dreyfuss. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's some really kind of like iconic imagery in this and yeah it'll be cool to kind of like yeah I feel like there's gonna be things that I like recognize out from, just from outside the yeah just from the yeah. zeitgeist but have never actually sat down and watched it so yeah definitely so cool we get to each fill in a little Stevie Spielberg gap which is always fun let's do it So everyone, be sure to come back next week where we'll be talking about those blockbuster films as well as all of the other crazy shit that happens in the world these days. Wild and crazy shit. (laughs) Wild and crazy kids. (laughs) Um, Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform. You can send us an email of any suggestions or... Any comments that you have at uh, our email is watchinguppod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at watchinguppod. And that's where you can find us. Go find us. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week for another episode of Watching Up. Bye. Good night, everybody. No, no, that's all I have to say.